Hi, I'm Joe Lynch, director of such cinematic classics as Wrong Turn 2, Knights of Badastum, Everly, and of course the new film, Mayhem. And when I'm not masturbating to Sasquatch porn, I'm listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Ooh, it feels so good. In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that has a newfound appreciation for 1981 Harry Hamlin. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're experiencing a little deja vu as we throw on extra deodorant and sink into our seats and talk movie marathons and film festivals. And if you are feeling festive and you want more of this festive horror podcast, all you need to do is search for Nightmare Junket in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your marathon hole. And if you are in the nose with certain people at the theaters or the convention centers and you get a little Wi-Fi and you know they're password uh you can find us out on the social media uh we're on twitter at nightmare junk and on facebook at nightmare junkhead mm-hmm. and of course on facebook it's important to follow us if you're in the kansas city area because how you gonna follow along with the shenanigans if you don't follow us know where the shenanigans is going to be at and again whether we are hosting these shenanigans or merely attending or participating in the shenanigans you can make sure to know all the fun things in uh you know the kansas city area with horror and as this episode releases on august 30th the following tuesday it has become Something I look forward to every Tuesday, Terror Tuesday, the Alamo Draft House, kicking off the month of September with the a film that I've referred to many times as a warm blanket, as a film that works on many levels. And if you don't come out for anything, come out to see Ed Harris Ed Harris dance. Pay no mind. I fucking love Creep Show. I love Creep Show so much. We are going to be screening Creep Show, <sighs> the George A. Romero classic, the one that everyone forgets that Romero. Is directed, mm-hmm. written by Stephen King. Will there be cake? <laughs> no, Bedelia, there will not be any cake. No, there's but it's uh, my it's Father's Day. Come, come out to see uh, Leslie Nielsen just yeah, playing, holding his breath for a long time. Just so good. And so professional good. bumpkin in his bumpkiniest bumpkin role, Stephen King. I actually went as Jody Verrill for mm-hmm. our Nerdoween last year, which you we were pl- had. we were playing we were playing bumpkins, but yeah. it was a little weird. Um, but then uh, make sure then that following Saturday, not the following Saturday, the previous Saturday uh, on the 31st, uh, the basically tomorrow as it is, uh, we are, and we, since we're talking film festivals here, uh, Screenland Armor is now part of the Middle of the Map Festival. That's rad. It is, and actually uh, was able to already take in a film, had a chance to sit in on the Pick It Up, Scott in the 90s documentary, which was glorious. Uh, just mwah. It, did you uh, um, go ahead go when, ahead when you went to go get your ticket did you pick it up pick it up pick it up <sighs> wasn't funny then it's not funny now <laughs> god damn it <laughs> nothing you can say will ruin my appreciation it was a great no it was wonderful uh, well attended which was even better nice uh, but that Saturday the world needs more ska music what? I will there's nothing you can't be in a bad mood when you're skanking Exactly. I mean, if you were to think of one f- word to describe ska, for me, it's always fun. Yeah. It's just, it's something that it's just genuinely fun. In fact, the entire time I was trying not to like skank in my seat, you know. Pick and, up change and shit. Uh, again, that's, that's the hardcore dancing, man. You don't, don't different, 
don't cross those streams. Well, like giving you not enough credit. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> but ultimately, uh, that Saturday at nine thirty, uh, uh, technically, it's just going to be me hosting this one because you're going to be out of town. Lone wolfing is appropriate for the kind of the subject of the the film. Uh, we are going to be hailing Satan in all Hail of his glory. Satan! Hail Satan! Uh, and it's to be the Kansas City premiere of Chelsea Stardust's Satanic Panic. I'm a bum that I'm missing that out because that looks rad. It does look like a lot of fun. And growing up in the 80s, knowing oh, yeah. what the Satanic Panic was really like, I'll be sharing a, I guarantee you'd be sharing a Bane's Crossing anecdote. Uh, if you know the podcast, you know what we're talking about there. Uh, but it's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. But uh, make sure you're checking out all the other films that are playing as part of the Middle of the Map Fest. You can do that at Screenland Armor or at middleofthemapfest.com. Mm-hmm. Now, we figured since we're talking marathons and festivals we needed to like maybe jam-pack this particular episode we right have to marathon it and if we're going to be really festive we got to invite some of our favorite people oh yeah well as it turns out they weren't available but ha! we <laughs> we picked up some stragglers instead i mean we went down under the bridge and magical <laughs> shit happens under the 12th street bridge <laughs> And the first one that we came across was, and you know, he is practically a co-host at this point. Um, you know him on the live episodes as Mount Baldy, but you also may know him as the co-host of the Media Rewind podcast. Please welcome back, Dustin Pryor. Genius. You're yeah. walking home for that one. Oh. He, oh. Walks <laughs> he walks home. He walks home at night. As it, as it is. How are you doing there, good sir? Good, man. How good. about you guys? Doing well, doing well. Thank Ready you for coming on. Festivals. Uh, and it's appropriate because nine times out of ten, you are in attendance with us to these festivals it's and I like driving. and whatnot. I'm like, I'm like the cheapest Uber you're ever going to have. You're a friend with many utilities, mm. and that like is Batman. one of them. He is. He is our Batman. He is. He, again, he fills many a hole. Oops. Whoa. That came out wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, then transitioning to our next guest, how can we get more festive than Dustin? You know, Dustin's kind of a fixture on the show, so we thought we'd bring in someone that hasn't come on too often. In fact, uh, her last uh, appearance here, she feasted on a blood buffet with us, uh, which when you go back to our blood feast episode, or blood diner, I should say. Yeah, that's different. No, different. no, no Louise Lassiter. That's, that's the blood rage. God damn it. <laughs> no, that's the blood feast is the, the, the tiptoe through the dough. No, that's blood harvest. That's blood har- God damn it. Too many bloods. God damn it. Too many bo- blood and farming things. We're but in now a, I want cranberry sauce. <laughs> That's not cranberry sauce. Abby, no, not at all. Welcome back from Screenland, our friend Abby. Hello. Hello. What you don't see is she's been manning this camera the entire time. So if anything comes online, it's all from Abby. But at the same time, she's sitting there looking at us like, I just want to take pictures, guys. Come on. Come on. Have you heard of any new um, places for nude aerobics? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We're going to go back to that. Not so much back. It's just maybe a little tiny revisit there. No, no, no. <laughs> Definitely check out the Blood Diner episode. That one is a ton of fun. But ultimately, the reason we're going to be experiencing a little deja vu here is our final guest. Uh, again, to make this a truly festive event, if you're looking for someone that is familiar with film festivals, in fact, if you are out at any movie marathon or film festival in the Midwest, odds are, chances are... <laughs> You're going to see our next guest. And you know where to find her, too. Oh, of course you do. Of course you do. She only makes the conventions, the festivals, the marathons that much better. She's a true friend of the podcast. Oh, man. I hope you're you're getting that on camera there. <laughs> <laughs> Some know her as Katie Glidewell, but most of us know her as the blonde in front. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? 
I'm glad we have this chance to rectify the situation that happened at Crypticon. Yes, that is actually heartbreaking. I can't, I mean, you know, you guys are the ones that I'm going to speak Swedish with. So, (laughs) and that is gone from, that's gone into the mystery of the void and internet wherever. Not really, because I got a question. So certain movies being re-released in an extended cut. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I think ultimately the three of us are experiencing a little deja vu. Now, Dustin, however... I was experiencing deja snooze. (laughs) (laughs) I've never, and we get loud in the podcast. It's not like, welcome to NPR, where we're going to be talking about (laughs) ASMR. No, we're over here, like yelling all kinds of shit. Next thing we know, we hear, I was just waiting for the me, 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 me. Well, you just need to go back to our uh, Crypticon episode that came out a few days ago where we lamented the loss of the conversation we had with Katie. But going from a shady motel room to at least in <laughs> a, shady I, basement. a shady basement, <laughs> a what shady I hope, basement. What I hope is maybe the more cozy confines, at least, <laughs> of where we normally record here. I'm glad we have you back to try to recapture that magic. Yes, and it was magic, and it always will be, boys. It always will be. You are going way NPR on us I here. Am. I know that's like it's delicious dish. <laughs> We're gonna talk about some horror and get into it right now. And sh- and, and sweaty balls, sweaty balls. Mmm, they're so tasty in my mouth. <laughs> Why are they so? How do you get them so tangy and soft at the same time? You know, Why it's am usually I not only filming Jill it? that we have these problems with, and when the episodes go off, it's got the, it's got that salty aftertaste. You know what's different from the hotel and this place is that I know this place uh, will not have a lock on the door in three days, and hopefully an infestation. But I don't know. Should we be talking about that? That's maybe a little too. I think there's statute of limitations on that. I think we're in the clear. Okay. Oh no, we lost this episode too. Oh no. <laughs> It's so before we get into uh, Movie Marathons, Film Festivals, please tell our listeners, where can they find you out on the social media? I am uh, The Blonde in Front on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. And you can also uh, find me on The Blonde in Front of Fear on Radio of Horror, where I do some video reviews. Uh, well, I do... Uh, we do reviews and they um, have that on YouTube and also on their Facebook. Ah, so we can see more of you out there onto the, the interwebs and the, uh, the social media? Yes. Well, with that, um, you can hear me. And that, uh, it's, it's G-rated, so you won't hear the... Yes, I do. I talk like a sailor sometimes. My mom actually complains about that. It's like, if you could just not cuss as much. I'm like, sometimes I get, you know... I get very excited about these things. <laughs> well, feel free. Welcome to Nightmare Fucking Junkie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, my God. So we ultimately wanted to talk the the Cinepocalypse Film Festival. Yes. We talked again about what we lost. We are going to get to there. But initially, I'm going to start us off here with the whole idea of attending a movie marathon. Because even with a lot of film festivals, you'll see movie marathons going on. So when i'm gonna go start guess first katie what was the last movie marathon you attended actually uh the dolly parton nine to fiver that they had at the music box for its 90th uh year in existence at the music box they had nine to five best little whorehouse in texas texas uh rhinestone and straight talk wow yeah with james woods yes that is correct wow Okay, so walk us through this because I 
I was hoping to hear Steel Magnolias in there, but technically, I guess that's more of an ensemble piece. Yeah, I was actually surprised they didn't have Steel Magnolias, but I think it's more like starring Dolly Parton. Uh, and yeah, those I didn't make it all the way to Straight Talk, but the other three, uh, it was... Here's the thing. I've seen 9 to 5, I don't know how many times, but watching it on the big screen, and I actually wrote this like... When, when, how old were you when you were watching 9 to 5 and you noticed that the necklace that Lily Tomlin wears at the end says equal? I was, I was last Saturday, um, years old when I found, when I realized that because I'm like, what the fuck? I've watched this. I don't know how many times that's as, I love this movie even more. This is such amazing film. I can't believe it's just a small thing. And yet to have that right now and like, you know, with equality and, um, with everything going on and just to, I mean, that was what, 1980 yep. for her to have that, the costume designer, I gotta say, it's gotta be the costume designer. Maybe it was Lily Tomlin. I would like to find that answer out, but whoever had her wear that equal necklace, I'm like, slow clap, slow motherfucking clap. At a girl. <laughs> yeah. At a girl. Yeah. I, I was lucky enough to host a screening of it at the Alamo. And it's one of those that for me, it's, I always call it, it's a mom movie. And I had a handful of those films that I always watched with my mom. And it was 9 to 5, Steel Magnolias, and Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. And of course, when they always play, I always put in a request. And that usually it goes to our women hosts, which of course it, it should. But occasionally they'll, they'll throw me the bone and they'll be like, okay, Greg, you can do Dirty Dancing. I'm like, yes! <laughs> well, dude, when I did Steel Magnolias, I dressed in blush and bashful. I had like these basically pink and p- a short shirt. Short, not shorts. Shorts and shirt combo. That was it. Was because your short, your short shirt is your short shirt is a short shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It it was a family affair ultimately. Now with the marathon itself, did you have a guide throughout it? Yes, we had two hosts. There was a costume contest. They, I know, after uh, between Rhinestone and Straight Talk, they had a sing along of Jolene. Uh, They had a. Uh, stand-up dolly that we could take pictures with and stuff and what was the other thing i think that's it oh they had um different drinks that you could have during that but i mean i i mean did i know i needed a nine to fiver uh dolly Parton marathon in my life uh you're damn right i did of course. i did not know mm-hmm. that but i did thank how you music did, block. how did rhinestone play because that's bob clark is it not i believe so it's start it's funny i mean the crowd definitely thinned out i would say after uh which is funny you talk about burt reynolds and his hair but it thinned out hey, after no. best little whorehouse in texas hey, hey now. and i mean ah yeah look i love me i love me some well, burt i just realized uh, i have the 1978 burt reynolds hairline because i recently saw hooper on the big screen and i'm like oh that's way too familiar it's rough it's rough ah uh. Yeah, but he just, I don't I know. know, there's something about him. No, uh, but yeah, it they it got some laughs. It got some laughs. It was just, I mean, she steals the scenes, but just seeing, trying to see uh, Sylvester Stallone and attempting to sing, and then also in that rhinestone black shirt, it's like, it's okay. Like a rhinestone <laughs> cowboy. <laughs> well, that's the perfect transition then. I got to ask you, Dustin, uh, as a Stallone fan, when's the last time you watched Rhinestone? Oh, good <laughs> Lord. Uh, I would have to have been forced at gunpoint when I was like seven, probably. So you don't celebrate the entire catalog? No, not the entire catalog. What about Oscar? 
Oh, Oscar's gold, dude. <laughs> Chaz Palminteri, are you kidding me? Well, sp- uh, what, speaking of gold, what was the last golden movie marathon you attended, Dustin? Oh, I think it was John Wick 1, 2, and 3. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Was Did you enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that's a solid it's, trifecta. That. Yeah. I, I could pop that in right now. You know, yeah. I'm actually waiting for the blue uh, the Blu-ray of John Wick three, which comes out, I believe, I think that the next 10th? week actually. Yes, mm-hmm. or here in a few well, weeks. At the time we saw it, I didn't know what three was going to be like. No, none of us did. Yeah, three so was it was. Shit. So that marathon was yeah. a marathon that I didn't know I needed in my life that I'll never be able to replicate. Yeah, uh, until part four. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and that's coming. Well, yeah. and maybe you just talk about it. It's kind of like. The whole idea of the marathon, for the most part, is, you know, how much can you endure? But ultimately... What's the last marathon you attended, Greg? Uh, well, that, as it turns out, is the one that you did, my friend. It was the uh, Ray Harryhausen <laughs> Marathon <laughs> that we were fortunate enough to not only attend. Uh, this was put together by uh, Amber Solomon. She's the creative director over at the Alamo Draft House. She had been wanting to do kind of a Harryhausen Marathon because she just didn't feel there was enough love of Harryhausen even awareness, you know, you say Harryhausen, there's always a, a subset of people that are going to recognize it immediately, mm-hmm. but there's so many people out there that don't realize, you know, what he's done. And she put together three mystery films, so the idea was you didn't know what the films were until we uh, showed up, and as boisterous as Amber is, as you've heard her on the podcast before, go back to our Blood Rage episode, uh, but she's kind of shy, and so she was kind enough to ask us to host the marathon. Mm-hmm. And it was a hoot. We oh. showed up. Uh, a hoot. Ah, ah. See what you did there. <laughs> so we uh, we opened up with a 4K restoration of a film I had never seen. So I'm going to throw this one out to here. It was uh, 1964's First Men in the Moon. I never seen it? No. No. It okay. was no. fucking delightful. Yeah. It was just charming. It had that old school charm. It had a lot of uh, funny humor. I mean, a lot of slapstick. A lot. Like What was it? Gibbs! Uh, Gibbs! Gibbs! <laughs> no, yeah, there was a lot of that. The special effects, of course, still held up. Um, just was amazing how they did it in 64. I mean, and then then we followed that off with Clash of the Titans. Uh, oh, okay. fucking rad. So Clash of the Titans, this is the one I want to focus on a little bit more because I think with Harryhausen, that's a pretty easy segue into horror for the most part just because, you know, he was a monster maker. But I had not seen Clash of the Titans on the big screen, I don't think I've ever seen it on the big screen. And I think the last time I saw the 1981 that we screened was probably back in elementary school. How long has it been since you've seen that, Katie? It was on, I feel like it was on TBS like a few <laughs> years ago. In between the Beastmaster? Ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Beastmaster. Uh, I feel, yeah, I feel like it was on TBS a few years ago. And... Yeah, it's all those practical effects and even even some of the CGI. I mean, yeah, it's a little it's you can tell it's old fashioned, but it's it still holds up. I mean, to know that that was 1981 and they were doing that stuff. I mean, yeah, so it's solid. It's, it, I, th- I think so. Dustin, was it's the last been time? at least a decade and a half since I saw it. You know, it, it's one of those ones where you you don't really know you need it until you watch it. You know, it's like you're you're kind of flipping through the channels. And you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. What the hell is this? Another gift from the gods. True. Yes. Yeah. God will the shield for one day. <laughs> it will guard your life. Abby, last time Clash of the Titans. Definitely elementary school. Yeah, I, I really don't remember anything from it, but I remember liking it. 
that's just it. I had fond memories of it. Yeah. But the first of multiple times that I teared up throughout this goddamn movie was when I heard these dulcet tones. Epic. Yeah. I forgot how good the theme and the mm-hmm. entire score I'm, in that movie is. I'm holding mm-hmm. my breath listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and the minute that 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 theme kicked in, I teared up because it had been so long since I seen it, and then the credits roll, and this kind of like Creep Show was a warm blanket that I forgot that I really needed to be embraced by. Like every beat of that film was familiar, and again, 1981, Harry Hamlin. I heard, I heard people, multiple people swooning in the audience. Like, it was kind of obnoxious, but kind of great. I mean, Harry Hamlin, Hamlin in a toga, yeah, you're not going wrong with that in 1981. Ooh. He had that... The power of Hamlin! And plus he had that dreamy um, boy band hair before they had oh, that boy he, band. Did. he had the straight menudo going he on. He did. It's mm-hmm. like, ooh. And like, mm. It's like, Lisa Rinna, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time, Ursula Andress, good for you, because yes, I mean, right? they got together and had a baby. Oh, I'm surprised. Okay, the whole during the whole movie, Maggie Smith was there as Hera, and like every time she'd fuck up, I was like, ten points from Gryffindor. You know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the best part is seeing all of these people that you forgot are in the film. You know, Burgess Meredith is showing up. Yeah, uh, I had a smile on my face the whole fucking time. I forgot how much I thoroughly enjoyed that movie but ultimately the thing that i thought worked great with it and it's something we even talked about before we introduced it was i kind of consider clash of the titans and i really feel very uh, justified after this screening that clash of the titans is a gateway horror film yeah i could see that because three things that stick out to me number one calabos mm-hmm. like in his okay. harryhausen form and in his human form was terrifying yeah. as mm-hmm. a kid Yep. And even seeing it today on the big, you know, just last week on the big screen. Now, here's the thing, though. Ultimately, we were playing in theater one, and that's the big, the big screen. screen. Yeah. And it, oh, it was wonderful. And again, I was probably tearing up just because it was on the big screen. But unfortunately, when you're watching it at home on HBO and Calabas is on screen, you don't really see his press on nails like you do on theater one. And it didn't take me out of the film, but I was like, oh, wow, that's we didn't have Lee's back then, did we? You know, <laughs> I'm just trying to be fashionable. <laughs> But uh, so it no uh, Clash of the Titans is totally a gateway horror movie. Um, second one, the, the the three witches. Yeah. Oh, a Titan against the Titan. Uh-huh. Right. The cannibalism going on, and then finally, of course, Medusa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When she shows up, and there's even like the score, and she starts doing that. The shaking of the tail. And then all encaptured by Harryhausen's work, it's unreal. But actually, seeing the Kraken though on the big screen. That was well worth it. That was well worth it. And when you, I mean, you, the two things I think that the one in 81 has um, in common with, I mean, other than the story, obviously, uh, has in common with the uh, one that was done in like 2009 or whatever. Uh, One, you've got like multiple Oscar winners and nominees in both films. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, when you're listing the people, it's like Maggie Smith, uh, You've got Olivier. Olivier. You've got, I mean, Burgess Meredith, all that stuff. You've got that. And then you have the leads that you know, Sam Worthington and Harry Hamlin. Yeah, they're not going to be winning any Oscars or probably nominated. Well, maybe Sam Worthington. But it's interesting that the casting gods knew that. And 
Yeah, but the I would say the special effects in ninety in eighty one actually usurped the like more oh, recent yeah. one, especially oh, yeah. especially the witches. Like the witches terrify okay, me. Good, good, not good, good. even not not only with their uh, their faces, but their voices. Like the lead witch, uh, shh, drop that microphone. Like girl, where have you? I know you're probably like gone. Like you know. Rest in peace. But could we have just used your voice in the new one? Because that was that just set the mold. Like it's like, give me the eye. I'll tell you what you want. And like, I can't even do it justice. Isn't the it? eye is all powerful. Yes. It, it, it's just all those little beats and the familiarity of it. I just like I said, I was just I didn't realize how much I missed it. But then we ended everything uh, with a 35 millimeter screening of a film that I saw all the time back in the day on Channel 62. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep. Never seen it on the big screen, but Jason and the Argonauts. Oh, yes. yes. Speaking of gateway horror, man. Yes. Oh, the When he throws the tiger's teeth and the skeleton pops out, those skeletons are fucking rad. And oh, they yeah. let out such a terrifying scream. <laughs> that yeah. I forgot about that. And that, you know, we're three films in into a marathon, and that woke me right up. And it was wonderful. And seeing it on 35, and that's the other thing at, I know at, you know, at the Music Box, mm-hmm. they do the 35, and we'll get into those. Uh, but there was a charm to it, because this print definitely had some character, which is always good. As much as I like seeing a pristine print, you know, this is a film from, what, 63, I think, or 64? Mm-hmm. Way back. And what yeah. was even cooler was when we usually ask, you know, if anyone's seen it for the first time, I'll always ask, did anyone see this during its original theatrical release? We had someone that saw it. Oh, nice. Oh, shit. Yes. Wow. Which was, and she was hesitant at first to raise her hand. We're like, no, I'd wear that shit like a badge of honor. My my dad would have been one of those people raising his hands. I remember when we would watch that together. Like he was like, I remember watching that when I was a kid, and all of a sudden I'm like, seriously? He's like, yeah, this movie scared the hell out of me. And that's proof that these are kind of gateway horror films because they were made for kids for the most part. But just the craft and the care that went into the work that Harryhausen did, it's just, and to be able to. To be able to celebrate it, to embrace it, but ultimately the thing that really stood out to me was the theater for the most part was filled with people our age and older. You know, imagine that, big surprise, but... But there was these two kids and um, there was maybe, the girl was maybe about 11 and the boy was maybe about 10 and they were seeing all these movies for the very first time and the boy was like, yeah, this is cool, I'm having a good time, but the girl... The girl fucking loved every second of it. So we played games in between, um, in between the movies. So like the first one was just basic trivia, and then the second one before Clash of the Titans, we played um, Red Light, Green Light, and I had skeletons in my hair. So I was like Medusa, and I was like making people freeze or snakes (laughs) in my hair. And then the third one, we had like do your skeleton dance, like whatever you think a skeleton would dance like. And I'm like, if anybody else wants to come down and dance and win a prize, she was the first one. She flew out of her seat. She goes, I'm gonna dance like a skeleton, I'm having a good time, right? And at the end, I was like, Did you have fun? And the little boy was like, Yeah, that was really cool, right? And the little girl was like, This was great, I love that. <laughs> and I was like, Awesome. I'm like, That's why this is important. This is why it needs to be done. And honestly, there was at one point she was like running to go to the bathroom and then running back to not miss not anything. Miss a beat. And even Amber, we all saw it and we're just like, Oh, like it was that generational thing, passing these movies down because. The, let's face it with a lot of you, kids nowadays oh, they're, that, gonna, they're gonna grow up with the that remake sounds wow Greg, Greg just so, had to get I off know, my lawn no, 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 no. <laughs> the, the kids nowadays thing I'm like somebody's gonna tell her about this podcast and she's gonna be like oh my god these people are I'm filthy the, no 
I'm the girl that they're talking about going to the bathroom <laughs> on their podcast. I was impressed, though, because she was so happy, excited to get back. But it was just really nice to see, you know, someone enjoy this because, you know, they they say 80s films now are old and they don't want to watch them because they're old. So it's like how much Super awesome things people are missing by just saying, well, it's older, you know, have must have no merit. And that's just not the case. No. And so it was really nice to ju- it was a it was a nice ride. But so I ponder and I put all this out to you guys because we do enjoy movie marathons. We've attended them. Um, there's and the reason I ask is ultimately, you know, with with Genius and I, when we host a lot of these things and kind of the, see behind the sausage where it's made. But, you know, we put a lot of craft and care into it because we want to make it so we don't over like stay our welcome because we're not there. People aren't there to see us. They're there to see the movies. We're helped to, to guide and enhance ideally. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, it's always good to see and know when other people go to these marathons to get feedback. What did you guys see? What worked? And things like that. But from marathons to festivals, this is why we're coming back here to talk this because uh, Katie was involved in, involved, I think that's the right word here, the most recent Cinepocalypse that happened in Chicago. And when we recorded, it was still maybe a month after it happened, or was it still pretty fresh? It was still, it was uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, so it was still pretty fresh. Yeah. And that's why we're coming back to this, because uh, number one, the films that were screened were, you know, incredible. They're, they're still resonating oh, for yeah. the most part. And you got to experience almost all. All of them. Yes, I did. And so we're going to go through here, and we're going to share in Katie's experiences at Cinepocalypse. And I've got like a just a a laundry list of movies to talk about here, and we've got to start with the one that <laughs> people are still talking about. We talked off mic. There was a second screening in L.A., but and it's tough because I really dig his music. I uh, dig his work with the Misfits. Dig the work with Sam Hain. But I hear I may not necessarily dig Glenn Danzig's Veronica. Uh, uh, <laughs> I I mean I don't I no I I know your taste level so I would say no. Uh, you may not you there will be enjoyment in certain parts that are fleeting, confusion, bewilderment. Uh, just gasps of what the hell is going on right now and it's uh but you know for the most part it is yeah it's it's just something that i'm glad i was there to experience i think as i told you guys um i feel like i with the other 800 people who are at that screening that i'm like when uh obama had his first inauguration uh, not an, not our inauguration, but when he won the presidency, the it was yes we in, can yeah yes we no yes we can and um I was there I was there for Veronica, and I am yeah one of the eight hundred that can say that that we witnessed th- what that was. What was the pre-show murmur like? You know, was there a lot of like oh I hope was there hope that this would be a good film because no one actually I can't imagine anyone going into a film festival. I can't wait to see this bullshit. Well, looking to openly root against something or you know, but I I, I assume that I, I every movie I go to I want to enjoy whether it's a comedy, action movie, horror, what have you, but with kind of the the pre-show buzz, what was it like? I didn't hear anyone actually saying anything like, I mean, nothing, not nothing negative at all. It did. It was supposed to start at seven. 
the film itself did not arrive until 7.50. Oh, no. Because they were still working. I mean, it was fresh out of the oven. Like, it was. And we were the first to see the full thing. But, yeah, everyone is excited. I mean, that was a full. I mean, it's a big theater. It is a big theater. And it was packed. And, uh, yeah, everyone was excited to see it. You know, it's the opening night of the film festival. You know, I'm seeing a bunch of friends and people are coming in from all across the country and, you know, some some places around the world mm-hmm. for the first night. And everyone's excited. I mean, Glenn Danzig's going to be there. You know, this was this was great. And, I mean, there was so many of his fans that were there of his music and whatnot and uh and then and then and then and he opens it and he you know he's excited you know he's a fan of um horror genre he's inspired by um bava and you know a lot of the giallo artists and stuff and you know um this is his baby and it was you know it's difficult making a movie and he's really glad that we're all here to do that so it's like oh that's great that's so endearing and stuff and we watch it and it starts and you know it did have that jello feel like the horror hostess loved her would love to see her and have that um because it turns out it's an anthology didn't i thought it was just starting out kind of like uh, a giallo way with like this woman who's scantily clad very you can definitely see through her little nighty and whatnot and she has little crosses upside down crosses underneath her eyes and she takes her finger and shoves it in this woman's eye and then pulls it out and i was like all right so this is what's going on okay we've got the ocular trauma there yes we go. and that was the highlight of the film oh, um because <laughs> then it went to the next story and then it went to the story after that then it went to the final story and then it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Did it cease to be then after that? A- after the first, af- the like the first minute of the first anthology story, it was like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it, it just point. immediately went downhill. It went into, I mean, I said this, <laughs> it took me, uh, what is it? It took me a good a good minute to like think of the words to um, come up with review, but it's like, it's one of the things like it takes a lot of skill to have that much nudity and be that unsexy of a film. It really does. And yet it also did pass the Bechdel test. Um, I know. And I, someone has like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, think about it. Think about what it takes to pass the Bechdel test. And they thought about it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, I know. That's, I mean. Good on Glenn? Good on Glenn, well, kind of? <laughs> and, and technically, he's the person. He directed it. Yeah. Uh, wrote it. Wrote it. Scored it. Scored it. So he Tommy Wiseau'd it. Edited it? He, not so much all <laughs> edited it. Um, okay. He did not act in it. Okay. So there's that. Uh, and then. Oh, hi, Veronica. Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the that was the buzz then coming after the screening is it's the the room of the horror genre. But I don't know. I just like you said, it's tough to get anything made at this point. So anything that is put together and is up on the big screen is a miracle. So good on him. And good on him when he like after the film, you know, he came out and, you know, he had a Q&A with our host, Josh, um, with the one of the founders of the festival, Josh Goldblum. Um, they discussed it, you know, he talked about the difficulties in making a film, you know, he's like, I, we would have everything set. And then the person who's supposed to do, uh, this job didn't show up. And it's like, who the hell is not showing up 
to do a film with like Glenn Danzig. What the hell is wrong with you? Like, what is going on where you are that this isn't happening? And it was very vulnerable, like the way he was talking about it. And I think that's phenomenal that he's doing that. I mean, this is a, you know, this is a guy who's done everything with music and like had the highest of highs in his career. And to talk about like the difficulties it is like at like doing something new. Like mm-hmm. I think that's extremely vulnerable and endearing, especially to that crowd, like with that who worshipped him and stuff. Unfortunately that movie did just suck. I oh. mean it was just so bad. But it's just it and I mean it's I tell people this, it needed a good twenty five minute edit and then it would be it would be okay, but it's like with this now it's legend. I mean, you can't touch this. Like <laughs> That's just it. Had he made something maybe even competent, it may not have been as memorable. Yeah. And it's a, you know, execution. So So it still is the room of horror. I mean, it's it's I mean, here's the it's unfor- it's unforgettable. Like people I, talk about it, people know what that experience was like. We're like, "Oh yeah." Blah, blah, blah. So did you heard anything uh, you know, out and about on that one, Dustin? No, because I'm not a Glenn Danzig fan. You're not a Glenn Danzig. <laughs> I I'm not big on Pokémon rockers. I mean, the guy's like four foot tall. I mean, really? Come on now. He would have made a great Wolverine back in the day. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. Give him a Canadian accent. Did he bring his mother to the screening? Oh. Mm-hmm. Come ah, on, genius. Come I on. Tell your children not to watch my film. <laughs> <laughs> Abby, did you hear any of the rumblings? I didn't, actually. See, this is why maybe I'm just, uh, you know, I'm on the Twitter and I, I did. But I mean, immediately, where I heard people reacting. And like you said... He kind of came out initially was like, wow, I didn't think you all would react that way or something oh, yeah. along those lines, right? He's like, oh, well, wow, you guys are laughing Laugh- at stuff yeah. that I didn't even think was funny. So, like, that's really cool to see. And I'm like, okay. Good. Well, you know, wow. that's, yeah, and that's just, if I had been in the audience, I would have felt really bad at that point. I, I felt, do- I mean, it was, I was shocked that he, I mean, I good for him that yeah. he came out for the Q&A and... It was also kind of daunting, too, because whenever I go to screenings, one of the things I like to do is uh, video the directors or anyone involved opening the film. Because, you know, that, you know, I put that online so that people can see and then also uh, film the Q&A afterwards so people can see that, too. Because not everyone can make it to all these places that I go to. And it's nice to see, like, you know, uh, these directors and answering these questions from the, the audience or the moderator, like the host that's there. And I was taking some pictures and they kind of it, not they, the festival itself. There was a guy who's probably about six foot five um, going around um, the theater telling people not to video or uh, photograph and stuff. So I got like a little uh, reprimand. No, I didn't get a reprimand. I got a um, like grill style like video. It's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just checking my text, sir. I don't know what's going on. Oh, no. How does button go on? Oh, uh, but does so I got. Red light mean it's on? It's like, what is this? <laughs> Can I, you hear me? Yeah. I just got this phone. I, I don't know what this button yeah. does. I don't know what this is. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, I got 45 seconds of him um, opening the film. So very glad about that and got some nice little photos. Like, again, very. Um, on the DL, like, while well, I was checking my uh, mm-hmm. Facebook status uh, and all that. Why do I need to check my own Facebook status? I should know what that is. Uh, but, um, yeah. <laughs> perplexed right yeah, now. Yeah, my perplexed. <laughs> I was, it was a lot of pressure, guys. You don't understand. <laughs> I'm reliving it. Um, but, yeah, it that was kind of odd that that was going on because, 
I wish I could have videoed that whole thing because again, seeing um seeing him talk about it at the end again, it's you know it's hard to make a film. People mm-hmm. like look, it's hard to make a film. It's hard to get it out there, even when you have the name nor mm-hmm. um you know recognition that he has like to get the money to get everything together like that's not easy mm-hmm. so i give him that and, and that's all no, that's <laughs> <laughs> he well, said yeah he he said he's like yeah you know producers wanted me to do this but i'm like no i'm going to do it my way you you did it your way gd you really did it I um did it my way. yeah uh, that's <laughs> but you know what that's what's cool, though, is you got to experience it. And that's the thing. The experience up on the big screen, the communal experience, everyone just like going, whoa, what is happening? Is mm-hmm. this like legit? Is this reality at this point? Well, going from something that seemed to be kind of a train wreck to something that actually had a life of its own. But as we mentioned at the Nighthawk, they do uh, 70 millimeter screenings and 35 millimeter. And this 35 millimeter screening that came up was a film that I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen. But there's a gore cut of this oh, film. Yes. And this is a film, again, the the pedigree behind it, you've got Paul Walker. People like Paul Walker. You've got Denise Williams. Rick, Richards. Richards. Denise Richards, thank you. Yes. Denise Williams, That's let's hear it for the boy. Let's yes, hear it. I was going to say, wow. <laughs> no, it would be more, let's hear it for the T-Rex. And, and then a giant uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. This is Tammy and the T-Rex. The gore cut on 35 millimeter. Tell us a little bit about how did that happen? I mean, the film itself, I will always question that. Uh, but that, again, I what, I always love it when there are films that I was not aware of and then they come into my life and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm glad I watched it now because I can appreciate it like a fine wine that aged badly and turned to vinegar and yet somehow I think it's wine and I'm going to swallow it down and enjoy it. Uh, it's good for salads. It's good for salads. <laughs> Tossing the salad. Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! no. Oh, no. Oh, what did no. I do? Sorry, mom. Sorry. Tammy and the tosser. Yeah. <laughs> Different gore cut, man. Oh, Different gore okay. cut. Actually, I realize she's not going to know what that means anyway. So I'm like, <laughs> just don't go to the Urban Dictionary, mom. Yeah. Um. No. It. Yeah. This may be the only theatrical screening that film has, and that was one of the things they uh, when they started the film, and there were uh, people that were dressed up like the T-Rexes in the audience and you could take pictures of them again. It's like, it's the whole experience about going to these things. It's like, that's part of the, I mean, one of the things I love about the music box, I mean, there's so many things I love about it, but with this, that was so great. Like the whole storyline, like the Frankenstein type thing. Oh God, I wish I, I, in the, um, like the man with two brains kind of deal. Uh, it's one, I don't feel like, Denise Richards has gotten better when her acting since that film and stuff. Maybe, possibly. I don't know. I mean, Drop Dead Gorgeous is always going to be one of my favorites, but... So, Denise Richards is on a soap opera that I enjoy called The Bold and the Beautiful. She has a guest in on it, and no. (laughs) No. I thought you were going to say the um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills are like, are we calling those soap operas No, no, it's it's a straight straight up soap opera. So, basically, she plays the mother of a daughter who wound up using... So Wayne Brady played this doctor who sold this baby to another person, and she plays the mom who pretended that the baby was hers. Okay, one, we're talking to Stout. I mean, I feel like that was actually in one of the episodes that was on Mr. in Mr. Mom, like back in 1983, like that. It's like, I 
love it when they go back to um to that kind of stuff like that's what made those soap operas so proper mm-hmm. and it's wayne brady oh. so he's selling babies and choking a bitch and oh so my <laughs> gosh yeah so this uh my favorite thing about tammy the t-rex though is i mean let's one i mean the whole thing with science is not even uh it's not even nothing. Michael it's, Crichton was not, you know, impressed no, with it. Yeah. No, this uh, Jurassic Park, this is not. Uh, but my favorite thing about Tammy and T-Rex is the way they are so inaccurate with the T-Rex itself and how they actually elongate the T-Rex's arms so that it can, like, brush someone's shoulder off, like, when they and help pick the person up. And this thing is the T-Rex isn't actual an actual live being t- it's an animatronic like motorized t-rex that has paul walker's brain in it yes i said that and somehow it cries and does stuff that an actual like living breathing thing should do which is not explained but i mean why are we even trying <laughs> it's 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 called tammy and the t-rex the yes. gore cut you know, we're not coming for the scientific, you know, method explained to us. We're coming it's for the gore. A, it's, yeah, it's kind of like a Tom Six movie. It's not necessarily scientific accurate, but you're going to get what you come for. And the gore done by uh, J- the late John Carl Beekler uh, recently passed this year, I know. So it's always good to see his work get a lot of love, and especially in such a weird, underappreciated, but as you said, people dressed up. So there's definitely a cult crowd for this film. Oh, yeah. And I think it'll find another audience, because I think think there's talk of maybe it's it might hit the festival circuit as well so who knows maybe at panic fest yeah putting that one out there Ooh, and i remember i told you i um memory came to me terry kaiser i told you guys like you can uh i could get sued by robert jenny jr but i'm gonna tell you i think our dj watched this film and i can see a little uh, there was terry kaiser before tony stark but you would think that they're the same guy because, I mean, there's... Really? Oh, yeah. Now, he... now, we are talking, of course, Terry Kaiser from Friday the 13th Part 7, but a normal people know him as Bernie, Bernie. from Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some scenes. I think he even wrote it down. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, Terry Kaiser is the 90s Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Okay, I, I, that makes me want to see the movie even more at this point to see if ultimately RDJ did pull a little little plagiarism act. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, an homage, basically. An homage to Tammy and the T-Rex. Yeah. Did he, uh, the T-Rex love him 3000 BC? He, uh, maybe. I was saying booer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely a booer in there. So, quick question. Not necessarily about Cinepocalypse, but, like, you guys are all very uh, astute when it comes to the festivals and the, and the marathons and whatnot. Not only necessarily by going to some or coming to some of the ones that we're putting on, we put on. But do you guys have any tips on surviving <laughs> marathons or film festivals? No one to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as you want to say the lines and do the you know things and think that everyone's seen these films 18 jillion times that you can like oh remember this and blah, blah, blah. you think that you're in your living room you're not so don't talk because it's really annoying especially when you're seeing these films i mean yeah you may have se- i'm sure you've seen these films 18 jillion times not not saying that's not true but 
if you've seen these films 18 trillion times on the big screen, I'm going to call you a liar because I guarantee you, you haven't. And all the other people that are in this audience haven't too. And that's, I mean, seeing like uh, they had, I went to a Stephen King uh, um, uh, film marathon that they had at Music Box and watching Creep Show on the big screen. And then they had The Mist in black and white. Ooh. Yes, that's right. Give me that O face because that's how I felt. That's the way to watch um, that movie. That is the that way is to watch the way that to movie watch because that movie. you watch that movie and I feel like I'm watching those, like, I mean, you're talking about Harryhausen. I feel like I'm going back to, like, the Frankenstein, Wolfman, all those greats. Like, yeah. that is like an RKO. It's like a like a true creature feature film. And I'm like, this is the way I wish I would have seen it in the theater. Um, and then, of course... You know, uh, Shawshank Redemption, like seeing that in the big suit. But and you can walk in. That is one of those films that no matter when you beginning end, yeah. 50 minutes in, as soon as you sit down. Uh, I mean, yeah, you've got the um, glow lights on you. I mean, <laughs> I, and it's weird. That's a film that I would probably feel weird watching in a theater because I'm so accustomed to watching it on like TNT, TNT. on a Sunday. It just doesn't feel like it would be right. Oh, it's it's so it's, right. It's so right, Greg. It's not even wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'd crawl through a river if love, or shit. Yeah, if loving this is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne sat through 14 movies and didn't <laughs> <laughs> bitch once. <laughs> Dustin, any thoughts on your end? The only one I've got, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, th- that is my number one pet peeve, annoyance and whatnot. And I know a lot of the theaters have started to crack down on it, like Alamo and Screenland and those. But it's like you, you have to understand that I've seen RoboCop more times than I'd like to admit. And there's probably only one portion in that, that entire movie that I will like, you know, quote, I'll buy that for a dollar. That's really the only part that you're allowed to quote. Yeah. I mean, we we went to a a predator quote along at Alamo, and I can recite that entire <laughs> film by by beat. But it's like I know there's other people that are probably seeing that on the big screen for the first time. Mm-hmm. So you have to at least you know just shut the fuck up. Well, and it's bad enough if you're seeing one movie with an asshole, let alone like four or five movies with that same asshole. Yeah, and the incessant mm-hmm. you want to get your purse knife and shank them. Yeah, I, I remember back in you know the early AMC days when we were going you know when we were teenagers, everybody would complain about the crinkle of you know candy wrappers and everything. It's almost as bad as people whispering. Because when you whisper, it, it it's just like when you're given a lecture. It it all filters down to the screen and then bounces directly back. So it's like when everybody starts talking, it's, it's just like it's not even a dull roar. It's just a roar. Yeah. Abby, you got any uh, tips yeah. on marathons? <laughs> so I, I failed earlier when I was taking pictures to be like, hi, I'm Abby from Screenland. I'm the one who serves Dustin nachos. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Abby's the best damn nacho maker in the city. <laughs> so, uh, big things are definitely get the large combo. Mm-hmm. You get refills through the whole marathon. Yeah, that's you know, it. any place, like any theater, uh, and definitely the no talking. Um, I've got both personal and like professional stuff on that. Uh, first of all, I need help. I can't be in all the theaters when there's a when there's a marathon going on. I need somebody to tell me because even though I'm checking the sound and running the projectors, I still need to know. Like people have told me someone's talking and I'll go in there and I will sit down next to whoever I think is talking and they won't talk. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know that I'm listening for them because the people who are talking are off in their own world. 
So it's it's not because I'm sitting there. It's because I can't sit there long enough yeah. for them yeah. to talk. Because they're talking, but they're like they'll take like a two minute break and then talk for five minutes. Um, the worst one that really bothered me was during when Joe Lynch was at Screenland. And these two guys just oh. talked the whole time through mayhem. And they had um. obviously like they were drunk. They were popping open beers and they were just talking and they were just, hey, how's your day? Yeah, you know, this and that. And it was not even movie related. And Joe Lynch and they were is sitting, right fucking there. Yes, and they were sitting right behind me. So then that afterwards for the Q&A when Joe Lynch was there and he was so nice. I love that guy so much. But they had the audacity to go up there and ask questions. I, I'm, I'm, I'm silent. I think I, like, I might uh, know who we are talking about. Then they were me, the two people. The problem, the problem with the mayhem screen is I don't understand why is that. And then Joe Lynch is like, "No, here it is. Actually, that's wrong." It's like, dude, don't correct the director it, who made the goddamn movie. It was the the two guys in front of me. They were still like holding beers, standing yeah. up there. Oh no, that one. Though. Okay, different ones, yeah. different ones. But ultimately, no. That's and as being someone that has moderated Q and A's, has attended Q and A's, have have asked some questions. You know, if it brings you any kind of pause, don't ask it. Mm-hmm. If it's something that could potentially embarrass the person you're asking, don't ask it. You know, I'm not going to say common sense is dead, but Thomas Paine would rise up as a zombie. And eat us all at this point. Like, there's just. just oh, like just men to, coming from the grave must destroy bad social cues. It's, well, it's. So, common sense goes a long way, is the bottom line. So, I got another question for you guys. Which has been one of your favorite marathons or festivals you have participated in? Oh, I'll field this one easy Panic Fest. Panic Fest is easily one of my favorite because it has given me some of the most favorite movies of probably the past decade. Any specific year or like group of movies that you saw? Train to Busan. Tra- Train to Busan that was a, was was a, a soul year. crusher. Uh-huh. Um, they they managed to bring in Joe Lynch and Adam Green, you know, and and to watch Mayhem was phenomenal because we watched the movie like what was it, about a week week and a half before they showed it, and just like. I mean, he's a fan, and watching that movie, you can tell he's a fan, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Everly, too, but it's like Panic Fest, you had Tigers Not Afraid, yes. you know, Train to Busan, <laughs> and it's like the one, even the shorts, the shorts are phenomenal, too. And that's become kind of a highlight that yeah, a lot of exactly. people will come out for. Actually, Tigers Are Not Afraid is coming back. It Hell is. yeah. It's yep. getting theatrical releases. Yeah, uh, she was, um, Issa Lopez, she was at... Was it New York or L.A.? She was in one of the, her. She had a Q&A with Guillermo del Toro. I believe oh, wow. it was New York two weeks ago. And then she was in. Oh, no. Last week. It was last uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And then Friday, she was in L.A. and did the Q&A with the film with Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. That's right. Well, and it's really funny. She was recently on the Movie Crypt podcast. And she was talking about a bit where del Toro name dropped her while she was in a crowd. And I guess she was by Michael Mann, of all people. Whoa. And she, the way she described it, it's great. She kind of gave him a little, hey, girl. Like, was, <laughs> he just dropped my name. And I was just, yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, goddamn. Just to be able to witness that moment. You know, Issa Lopez having that awesome, like, Del Toro just, like, name dropped me and, like, is talking about my It's wonderful. Um, Abby, you got a favorite 
film festival or marathon or then that you went to? I, I mean, I feel like I can't just name off like Carpenter Fest and Panic Fest and things like that because it's at our theater. Um, so I'll just say one of my favorite moments was uh, at the Kansas International Film Festival when, at Glenwood Arts uh, when it was at 90 uh, Metcalf South. Yep. They had Lloyd Kaufman playing oh. Poltergeist. Oh, God. And not poltergeist. Uh, poultry guys. Sorry, poultry guys. Poultry guys. Sorry. I mean, you can't mistake a giant egg-laying chicken zombie. So, um, and it was great because it was. You didn't move the nuggets. It was the Kansas International Film Festival. And so everyone there looked like they were going to the ballet, hairs and oh, buns, no. like, oh, and wow. it was all a very specific demographic. <laughs> and you could see that that me uh, and the two people I came with, they like brought their own posters, they brought their own like trauma stuff. It's, you know, there were like the handful of fans that knew who Lloyd Kaufman was, and then <laughs> everybody else who had the full ticket to the festival. And Ooh. one by one, you got to see the breaking point. It was like a live version of Boiling Point. You know, <laughs> like, oh, oh, that one, that one. You could, like, put bets on which person. You're like, I think the lady over there in white, in the white white suit. Uh, yeah, she's with the hair in the bun and the and the neck, pearl necklace. Yeah, she's going next. I was going to say, did somebody go, oh, like, did a wealthy dowager pass out? I, that sounds too delicate for that movie. I, I, all I can imagine is, uh, you know, well now, mother, uh, let's go check out this little <laughs> film. It looks like something about chicken and, you know, the traditions of Thanksgiving. That's kind of, uh, uh, that's insane. Or maybe that's it's insane. Insane. a revival It was amazing. Poltergeist. And, and Lloyd yeah. Kaufman was there. He was so adorable. Yeah. I love him. It was, and he did such a great job, like, professionally introducing the movie. So those people had no idea what they were in store for. <laughs> That's well, really that's, funny. That's, that's the thing, really though. Ultimately, funny. whether movie marathons, festivals, you do have to have people that are there to guide you. And that's one of the things I think I always look into as well, because, you know, as the self-professed introvert, as much as we host things, I love it when I get to kick back and just watch other people work and just I get to enjoy it. So I appreciate all the work that goes into that. Katie. Yes. Out of all the ones you've ever been to <laughs> and all that stuff, do you have like a certain favorite one or a memory or? Uh... Well, I mean, not uh, Panic Fest 2018 was where I saw Tigers Are Not Afraid. That was my, it was my number one film up until I saw Annihilation and then it was number two, but it stayed number two the rest of the year. And in fact, when I went, when it played at Telluride, I was so excited that I got to see it again. I don't know where I got this Canadian accent when I said so excited. Really? You were so excited about it. I was so excited. The Tigers in Newfoundland. Yeah. We have Minnesota. Um, But I, you know, talked to so many people like, oh my gosh, you've got to see this. Like, wait, have you seen it? I'm like, yeah, I saw it in January. It's like, and you're going to see it again? I'm like, yeah. They're like, all right. I mean, I guess I definitely have to. I mean, if you're going to sit through it again, I'm like, it's not sitting through it. It's experiencing it. And it is just a beautiful film and one of the naysayers actually said like and thank you because that is now my favorite film of the year i'm like you are welcome but i didn't do anything she just made this phenomenal Mm -hmm. goddamn a phenomenal goddamn film um i mean as far as one goes i i mean i will say panic fest this year does have my favorite short with chickens 
Jesus uh, is amazing. That right now still on um, what? Yeah, that was actually 8 months later, it's still I it's still I think my um number 1. Um I mean, it had a lot of great features. Windy City Horrorama in Chicago, it's very it's a small festival like 3 days that had talk about trauma. Um Mutant Blast that it, um that is a trauma film. If they had been selling it after the film, I I would have purchased it right then and there. And it was not my favorite film of that festival, but I wanted to buy it like immediately. And I really hope they don't change anything about it because it is such a colossal. It's it's hilarious. It's the um, the storyline actually. I like the storyline. Um, the special effects are great. James Gunn had a little bit to do with it. Uh, okay. uh, and that era, that era of trauma then. Trauma. No, no, no. It's brand new. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. And no, but it's, that is one of my favorites. Zen Apocalypse. I mean, as far as a week long one goes that this year, I mean, I, the experiences that with total recall, taming the T-Rex, um, yeah. Satanic panic, uh, like all the screenings, like the fact that they have the directors there and they're so open to talk to you and stuff like that. I got to see Mope. I got to see Beelzebub. Uh, I mean, Veronica. Beelzebub. You got a new like nickname, a, Mount Baldy. Like, like a swole ass, like Satan. Well, Sweet. Be- no, Beelzebub. Like B L Z E B U T H. I think it's on Shutter right now. Oh, buff. Yeah, Buff. I thought it was Beelzebub. Yes. Yeah, I Tobin did too. Bell. Me too. Tobin Bell is in that. That is one you guys should see because it is really good. I still just Im- I'm still just imagining a big yoked up devil. Yeah, like a <laughs> kind of like, ass, like but Mr. Stafferly. Yes, kind of like on a gym rat version of Tim Curry from Legend <laughs> on roids and stuff. Yeah. Like what's going on? That's why Satan's so pissed. He's got roid rage. I gotta get my souls and my gains. <laughs> Can't skip leg day. He's got he's dancing with his hooves. Doodly, he's got a T-shirt doodly, doodly, doodly. that says. Soul on, swole on. Yeah. So when we're talking about Tim Curry and legend and just anything like that, I mean, I'm at an age where that kind of, like, Tim Curry in general kind of ruins slash makes my childhood, like, better and traumatized. Like, with him being Pennywise, with him oh. being, even just Clue, like, any oh, of it, Clue. the Good Witch, like, everything was both weird and uncomfortable and great like bowie's bulge and labyrinth you know i didn't get that i mean i get what you're saying now but i didn't care that <laughs> at the time it's, as a kid no i think it's, i think it's because he was singing about stealing babies his hair was higher than you know or the extent of what was coming out of his pants so I, <laughs> I get you i wasn't paying attention i wasn't to that paying either. attention to that i was paying attention to the creepy puppets which i liked uh because they don't look human like uh and then just him singing about babies was creepy. But you gotta admit, it's all up in your face. It I mean, was. Like... <laughs> so, okay. Let's talk about something that we didn't get a chance to talk about very much on the last podcast. Yeah, because, okay, hold on, I, I will oh, say, okay. we're gonna, we're gonna, we're, this will probably be the last segment because I'm not gonna lie, I gotta go to bed soon. Okay. <laughs> but... This definitely, uh, because the director's cut is coming out. Okay. Speaking of marathons and all that stuff, there's. <laughs> mm. let's talk a little bit about a little uh, Ari Aster, shall we? Let's get my Swedish out. This is going to be a while. <laughs> let's talk about a little bit Ari Aster. 
Um, where do you lie on the fence with this gentleman? Let's talk about Midsommar, actually, because the Midsommar, the three-hour cut is, was it three hours, three it's, and a half hours? It's three, three hours with trailers, for sure. Two hours and 51 minutes? Mm-hmm. Maybe 57. Are you excited to see it? I am excited to see it. I like this film very much. We discussed that. We had, and let's let's make that clear, listeners. We discussed it. Mm-hmm. It we wasn't not, just a. It wasn't just a. You're wrong. No, you're right. wrong. You're stupid. I think you're stupid. Round one, fight. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like you're wrong, and let me tell you why. And like, yeah. no, you're wrong, and let me tell you why. Yeah. So, I am not. This movie was not for me, and I said it before, and I'll say it again. Even that this new three-hour cut. A shitty combo meal is still a shitty combo meal, even if it's supersized. I mean, like, ah, I can't. I think. I think my problem with Hereditary and Midsommar, especially these two, is if there wasn't so much hyperbole. Yeah. About it, the best horror movie in decades, and Ari Aster's a new genius vision of horror. He's got a good eye. I wouldn't call him a master of anything right now, except pretentiousness. But rebuttal. <laughs> it's like a Lincoln Douglas debate. This is awesome. It's like high school debate. I am not listening to other people's opinions. I'm going from my own. I love his direction. I love the performances he gets out of people, which I have seen from the uh, background that he's done. He like really talks to them. He wants to get them. I love that Hereditary was you know 95% dark and this is 95% like beyond bright light like such daylight and stuff which you know that contrast in horror I know you know someone like well it's not really horror it's like well it's horror to me you know when you've it's got horror. people when you've got people um, jumping off rocks and Absolutely. like taking giant hammers and smashing them it's like if it's that's not horror to right. you then and I think a cult is horror exactly. I think yeah and I think, you know, like with the first one, it's a cult. It was horror. I do. And this is what we talked about before. I do think we are paying $13, possibly 20 depending on where you live and, you know, inflation and whatnot, um, <laughs> to watch his therapy sessions. I mean, it is definitely f- hereditary is family. This is relationship. But Midsummer, I love. It's just it's. The whole thing, like what she, what that character goes through at the beginning, and the way that, um, what is it with her family and you know her boyfriend telling you know you're you placate your sister too much, like this is gonna happen, and then what ends up happening is one of the most horrific things you would ever experience or see. Like, I mean, I did. But then it brings nothing else. That's the problem with Ari Aster. That is the exact problem with Ari. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt, but God damn it. (laughs) He telegraphs everything a mile away. And Uh then there's so many different points that he brings up in a lot of these movies that go fucking nowhere. And that's what aggravates me. If if you bring up, if you say, hey, I got a dozen things that I want to tell you. And you'd only talk about two of those things. Fuck you. You still got about 10 more things to tell me about. And the, the fact that it's telegraphed a mile away, and I, I can understand that. Like the thing, if you knew Swedish, then you'd understand what was going on. But with this one, the mural and like the menstrual lemonade, like oh, here it goes, here it's again, here it is again, one more time. The menstrual lemonade. I just like I forgot you said that the last time. <laughs> that was like a great emo How band can name. How you forget that? I, I just I flossing with pubic hair. I. I, I, I <laughs> I don't like his like 
Now, he had some very cool visuals. I will give you that. But just his storytelling, a lot of the things just didn't go anywhere or struck anything for me. See, and I, I, and I very much disagree. I thought it was a, I mean, it is a slow burn, but I like the fact that, I mean, here's the thing. I, it's a film, I think a film about uh, manipulation and gaslighting and on many levels and being polite when you shouldn't be polite as in a relationship, as a tourist, when you're a guest in someone's home. Like the fact that any of those guys stayed there after that first night when you could tell, not after the first night, after the second night when you tell the fact that any of them stayed um, some of them say just because like, okay, so this is how it's going to be. It's like, no, no, you all should have like hightailed it out of there. Again, and stuff. stupid decisions. It is stupid. And yet that is if we, here's the thing. If you didn't have stupid decisions, we wouldn't have any horror That's films. That's true. But because it's like, time- wait, was that? Did you hear a ghost voice? Okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. The end. Thank you very much, everybody. Hope you enjoyed your film. <laughs> you guys just made no me refunds. realize the most awful, horrible thing. Like, the most horror aspect of the movie, to me personally. And feel free to edit this out if you want, because it's pretty bad. Whenever Abby <laughs> comes out, she's all, feel free to edit. There's going to be either chocolate-covered uh, ketchup cookies We're- or bukkake. <laughs> so, menstrual lemonade here. Mm-hmm. And hair pie. She's trying Hair to get pie? pregnant. Yes. And ovulate. So she's not on her period. So how long did she hold on to that? Oh, so it's stale menstrual lemonade? Because think about it. It's supposed to be like 14 days after when you ovulate. So that's like at least 14-day-old menstrual blood. Well, I don't know. Maybe that old lady helping him thrust it kind of... We don't know. It homogenized it? No, I don't know. Maybe somebody shook the catch. It's supposed to be hers. Yeah. I mean, look, that could be her first menstruation. Like, it could be, I mean, that because she's what, 15, I would say she's 16. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. She's 18. We're going to say she's 17, 18. Because, but. Uh, that could be when she first menstruated at 13. So that could be four-year-old menstruation blood. It could be. Yeah, because of like the whole. The whole process, I'm like, still like a fine, like, like a fine wine. No, this, it doesn't. It doesn't no, age. No, so, no. so now I'm officially horrified by something that I didn't even realize I was horrified about before. I mean, you had me at menstrual blood anyway. I don't care how old it is. Like day one, right, day eight thousand. It's still like oh. even if it's farm fucking fresh, you don't want to drink it. I mean, rancid, even if they use though. the food saver, yeah. I mean that's Morocco dehydrator. That's terrible. Like a powder mix, just like. Menstrual. Cooling? I would feel better if it like, was a powder form saved. And then oh no! no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man! I I think I'm gonna have to display. I I just find Ari Aster not um up to all the praise and accolades and everything that he's getting. I'm not saying. I, here's the thing. I can understand that frustration. I can understand the frustration that people are putting him like in. It's one of those things when people say automatically, "Oh, he's the next Kubrick." You know what? Let's slow your roll let's, down. Maybe a bit. he's just he's just the now Ari Aster. Like yeah. I want to give him mm-hmm. his own credit. Like we don't need to bring in these other directors that have done all of this work and mm-hmm. to say like you've done two films and now and it's to like, call you a master. Yeah, slow down. Like, there. look, I don't want a James Deanum that you know, you know, the three movies that James Dean. Like, look. Let's let's 
I want to see what else you got. Yeah. I'm not, but I mean, I think he's great. I do think he's great, but I can understand the frustration that people keep like, it's the best horror movie. It's the most scary. It's like, and stop comparing everything to the damn exorcist. Oh right. my God. Yeah. Fucking stop it. It's- like, I like the exorcist, but I, uh, yeah, that is, but see, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole that's, different argument, but yeah. I just don't, I did not connect with the characters. I did not connect with the movie. I thought it was extremely too long. Went nowhere, really. Now it's getting even longer. <laughs> I know. It's already, it was already 30 minutes too long. Now they're going to tack another hour and a half on it? Fuck that. More Kool-Aid. Fuck that. Yeah. Was it going to be three and a half hours? It's something crazy. It's like, yeah. I mean... I mean, you do. We do spend a lot of time in Sweden. Like, I don't know. That can be too much goddamn be, time. I mean, I don't know. I would like to see maybe what some of the characters when they were there. They kind of like um, through the one character. Who's the Will Poulter? Yes, with his Will Poulter eyebrows, and when they. <laughs> I mean, we talked about the thing when he comes out wearing the Will Poulter mask. He still has the Will Poulter eyebrow. Yeah. Again, another thing that went fucking nowhere. Well, that was one of the I. But, Same thing with Hereditary. All this shit went nowhere. But that was one of the things with, especially with those guys, like everyone who kind of like broke the rules or did something that definitely like. Uh, I mean, he pissed on their like ancestral log and whatnot it's like i didn't know i mean i didn't know it's like say you're sorry exactly. and walk away like quit saying it's like no one told me it's like oh yeah that's right no one told you to just piss in the woods when there's stuff over there but like anyone who broke a rule had this horrific act of violence um put upon him well, so really put upon up. them well yeah and you know look but at all those kids eating, you're not eating everlasting menstrual gobstoppers we don't know what's in there. That's true. We don't. That's true. Oompa, loompa, doompa, dee, doo. I mean, I you can some. lick them and lick them and lick them. They'll never lose their shape the or snot, their flavor. And the snozzberries taste the like snozzberries. The menstrual lemonade tastes like, like menstrual, menstrual lemonade. lemonade. But, oh, but I'm on my period now. <laughs> oh, my God. Get me a tampon now, Daddy. <laughs> And we took it there. Wow. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Again, mom and my nephews who are probably listening to this. Like, yeah. <laughs> there is no so, Wi-Fi. No. Well, we just got to disagree. It's disagree. It's agree, agree to disagree. Because I think Ari Aster can. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's I'm, great. I'm, I'm tempted. To, I, I don't want to say garbage because I don't think that's fair. Yeah. But I don't. You you care. You for won't his be seeing any more of his films. No, I won't. He's unless like everybody. If, if you come, you gotta see this movie. It's nothing like it. There's explosions and, and there's like road jive talking <laughs> robots. John Wick comes out of nowhere. There's full frontal male and female. And I'll be like, okay, but not. I mean, is it old people helping people fuck? I mean, is that what it is again? Because Ari Aster, another thing, he sure loves some old naked ass people. He loves does it, loves it. But cults love naked, love old naked ass mm. people. Yeah, Why for do true. cults attract like the old naked people? How they do they it because like, they're just cult? like nude beaches. It's not like it's like let's go to this nude beach right? where all these hot like oh old, no, bunch of fifty year old lizards. Oh. It's all the rejects from HBO's real, real sex. sex. Yeah, is what like, it is. Like what are those sadly. bumps on your knees? Oh, those are your nipples. I'm sorry, ma'am. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh. oh wow. Oh, that might be the best segue into thanking everyone for uh, <laughs> <laughs> coming out here. Now, honestly, no. I originally thought we were going to be Skyping in, so it was a real joy when I realized you were in town and you got to 
swim with penguins. I'm and sure. Eat tacos yes. with us. Yes, which I is just did. dangerous. Yeah, right. But I'm sure if people are following you, they will be able to see those adventures. I'm assuming here pretty soon. Uh, pictures, hopefully, yes. Okay, Unfortunately, awesome. I don't know what the video happened, but yeah, but definitely lots of pictures of the animals that I got to feed and do all that stuff with. Um, at the park in uh, Wichita, Wichita, Kansas. It's, and again, whether you're in the cinema or out in the wildlife, people will be entertained. So, Abby, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking a lot of pictures, which we might see on the social media, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Potentially. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Dustin, as always, thank you, my friend. Word. And of course, Hashtag Katie. menstrual lemonade. Oh, menstrual Christ lemonade. almighty. <laughs> Sincerely, thank you. But can't believe you guys, guys taught me there, on that. By well, making it worse. No, I mean, you. I thought I made it worse, and then you guys took it even farther. Well, no, no, no. You would have made it worse by, you would have probably brought some brought, sort of like, some lemonade. Cherry lemonade Wait, like, but not little, with blood. No, no. Like, no, with that fake blood that you get at, like, Halloween time, that, like, <laughs> yeah. the candy blood. Ugh, no. No, I'm more about authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> As we do, we, well, we are But don't authentic. worry, that is a line I do not cross. I might rickroll him, though, except with Ari Aster. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure it comes at night if you do, regardless. Oh! Oh. Tenches-ass bullshit! So, thank you again, Katie. We do appreciate it. Thank you, guys. So, until next time, this is Greg D. God damn it. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. (laughs) 